ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. And I'm Chuck Clark. So Chuck and I completely acknowledge that we have not been maybe the best podcasters over the last four weeks because it's been four weeks since our last episode. Um multitude of things I, I know i couldn't do it one week and i you know we push it to the week after um and i think you couldn't do it one week and it was just kind of a smorgasbord a perfect storm of yep. uh of just life that kind of prevented us from getting this episode out so just to let everybody know what's kind of going on today um in terms of tv we're going to get fully caught up with loki um pretty much i think we only covered the first two episodes so we're going to talk about that series in its entirety i know i have a lot to say Chuck, I have a funny feeling you might be in the same boat. Um, we're going to talk everything Gen V now that that series has wrapped up. Um, that finale, I'm sure you and I probably feel very, very similarly about um, or share excitement to the same level of excite- excitement after watching that finale for season four of The Boys. We'll dive into that. We might get into some Invincible talk, depending on. Uh, Chuck's seen the first two episodes. I've only been able to watch the first episode, but um, we'll see if we get there. But before we kind of get into any of the shows, just like our traditional, our uh, organic way of getting the podcast off, let's talk some sports. Because mm-hmm. we haven't really had a chance to do that in the last month. So we've had the NBA regular season kickoff. We have. Um. I guess I don't know if uh, this is probably a really lame way to kind of get us into the NBA talk, but what's been your biggest surprise so far? Um, at a quick, just a quick glance, I'd probably say the Houston Rockets are my biggest surprise right now that they are playing good, competent basketball. I did not think that was going to be possible, but <laughs> it's happening. Emeo Doka, huh? Crazy as it sounds, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks are helping that team play really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, with Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, uh, a little bit of a Sangoon, um, obviously Jalen Green. Um, they got rid of Kevin Porter Jr., um, which I hate to say it because I, I never want to, you know, um, kind of kick a guy when he's down, but. It's not the first time that a team has gotten rid of Kevin Porter Jr. and started to perform better. So, I listen. I, I would. I'm right there with you. Uh, the Rockets are six and three, still very, very early. I think um, the most out of the most amount of games that a single team has played is eleven. I think there's. I think like the Pistons. I'm pretty sure are two and nine. Um, yeah. That the, the Pistons might be my biggest surprise, but. I don't think that I'm – I don't think a lot of people really kind of pegged them to be good. My biggest surprise, I think I'm just going to kind of go with um, the 76ers. Mm. I thought that there was a chance they'd be a little bit better without Harden. Um, I did not see this jump that Tyrese Maxey was going to be making into a bona fide all-star. He's been playing like it through the first 10 games. He dropped 50 the other night. Uh, they're gelling. They're fun to watch. Um, they're good. Uh, is this their first year with Nick Nurse? I think it is, right? Yeah, because they had Doc last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sitting up at the top of the Eastern Conference in 8-1. Uh, best record in the league, actually. 
Um, and that's after starting off 0-1-1. So I think they lost to the Celtics on opening night, and then they've won eight straight. Speaking of trading guys and getting better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clippers are what, 0-4? 0-5 now? 0-5, dude. Did you see the Dallas play-by-play guy? Yes, in. I saw that. I saw the two minute rant that that clip is everything that I've felt about James Harden <laughs> over these last four years. Um, I don't know why. Teams continue to. Pay for his services, I really don't. Just don't want to make sense. It doesn't. Well, and now there's rumors that Kawhi's unhappy. Um, I mean, what's the Clippers records? I think they're three and they're three and six. Oh man, dude. Uh, I, I listen, I, I can't feel bad for the Clippers because the writing is, was on the wall. You know, th- this, this should not have really come at a surprise. Who knows? They, they might turn it around. I'm not going to sit here and say the Clippers are never going to win a game with James Harden, but, um, that whole rant that he went on during his introduction with the Clippers about how he's not a system player. He is the system. Uh, just another classic NBA moment. It really is. I mean, you, you know, it's just, I wanted just, I wanted somebody, it was some, some journalist that was sitting there for that press conference, kind of just pull out that clip of that guy going, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy because he's not that guy anymore. He's not, he's not, he's not, um, you know, James Harden on the Houston Rockets is just, this is kind of, I guess, one of the more sharper 180s we've really seen with a player. Um, mm-hmm. it's interesting because James Harden can still go out there and get you 25. Um, but there's something with his game where he just doesn't make the people around him better. He doesn't kind of, you know, uh, enhance the team in that way. So Clippers, I'm sorry. You kind of made your own bed and I got to lay in it. Um, Chuck, I want to kind of get your pulse on your Pacers squad because they've been maybe the most fun team to watch so far. I, I kind of have like them in the thunder as like when they're on TV, like I'm watching them. They're the most fun, good team. We'll get to the most fun bad team, but <laughs> the most fun good the, them and the Thunder, yes, have been the most fun good team. Um, I'm pretty excited. Um, we've got a lot of young guards, which is exciting. Um, Mathurin is stepping up. Nemhard is really stepping up recently. We got the 76ers again tonight, who. I saw uh, Rob Perez, you know, always puts out the league pass menu. Yeah. And for the first matchup, he was like number one statistical offense versus number one eye test offense for Pacers versus Sixers, which I thought was funny. Um, and beats questionable tonight, too, isn't he? Um, He is playing. Oh, he's 14, playing. Okay. 14 points in the first quarter. So, oh, that game's going on now. Pacers up 36 to 30. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. Okay. But uh, Bruce Brown has been playing well for us. Yeah. Obi Toppin has just been dunking it like crazy. <laughs> just getting Hallie, just like looping it to him. 
but uh, we're getting a lot of good minutes out of young guys. So I'm excited. I was talking to uh, my anchors, a Sixers fan, about like if we trade Peeled, which it looks like he we're going to, because I think he's the odd man out in the guard rotation. Like, who are we gonna get? Like, who am I targeting? I just have no idea because, and I, you know. Um, ideal world. I think I'd want like a like right now Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson are our backup power forward and center. And Jalen Smith has been playing pretty well. But I kinda I feel like that could you that position could use an upgrade, like that somewhere in that range. But I just don't know someone who fits that description that's gonna be on the trade block, you know? Yeah, I you know, I don't really know if we have a clear picture of like the trade block yet this year. Um, it's still really, really early, but no, you're right. Like you got, I, you know, if we get to the trade deadline, you know, like a week or two out and you guys are, you know, 10, 15 games, it's just say like 10 games above 500, you know, I think, you know, you'd really have to seriously consider, capitalizing um on the squad that you have that's just the way the nba works i mean you don't really have the luxury of of time just with how often moves are made and players leave and request trades so i do think that uh i i've watched the Pacers quite a bit i don't think this is a fluke i don't think this is like you know just a a, a hot start mm-hmm. um beating some legitimately good teams so Let's see if they can contend for a top four seed in the East. I mean, we know what Boston's going to be. Boston's very, very good. We know um, how good the Sixers are. The Bucks got some things to figure out with the dynamics of Dame and Giannis. And other than that, like, it's just kind of pretty wide open in the East. So mm-hmm. tell, you one team, watch. tell you one team that's not getting uh, going to be competitive, and that's the Wizards, the team I was alluding to earlier, God, just dude. absolute comedy, just absolute comedy. The Wizards we, we called this, and I, I'm not trying to you know pat ourselves on the back. I think a lot of people figured yeah. that this was the most likely outcome of signing Jordan Poole and pairing him with Kuzma, and kind of having those two be your your main offensive focal points. I, what Jordan Poole is doing out there. It, you're right. It looks like it's coming from like a sketch comedy show. Like this he, dude's like nonchalantly dribbling like five steps past half court, chucking up a three, and then it getting blocked. Like that that video of, of from him of the bench. Like have you seen that TikTok going around in the timeout? It, oh, uh, when he's like disengaged. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know like. If you're the Wizards, there's no way that anybody in that organization was like the pairing of Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole can get us to the playoffs. There's no way anybody realistically thought that. So it's like, why even do that? Are you just trying to get people to show up to the games? Because I don't care how entertaining it is. People aren't going to show up for a losing club, like especially in a market like dc you know so mm-hmm. i don't know i don't i i don't know what pools did they didn't like they traded for pool right um no he signed a free agent deal didn't he 
Did he? Yeah. What is that deal? It was a lot of money. Oh, no. Let me see. Contract. Jordan Poole contract. Four-year, $128 million. Oh, my God. Oh, I, so I guess he did get traded. No, it the rookie the contract started this year. Four years, 128 million. Was it a sign and trade then? Had been sign and trade. I guess, yeah, because it says. Oh, I see. Yeah, it must have been a sign and trade because it it was a rookie extension deal. Oh my. Oh my God, dude! They owe him basically thirty million through the first three years, and then that last year goes up to thirty-four mil. Mm-hmm. It's fully guaranteed, too. I think. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much fully guaranteed. One hundred twenty-three million full guaranteed of one hundred twenty-eight. Dude, ugh. I don't know if they'd be able to dump that contract off. No, not for the. Um. Not for the uh, value you're getting out of Jordan Poole. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it was that bad. I mean, and I don't mean to, like, I, I kind of feel like sometimes bunching Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole into this, you know, like, into the same conversation is almost insulting to Kuzma. I think Kuzma is a, a, a sound basketball player. Like, he, he can help a team. He can help a contender. But just <laughs> pairing him with Jordan Poole makes it so much uh so much more entertaining. And I think they've only won two games all year, I think. Uh, the Wizards? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me check the the old standings, but that sounds right. That's not good, dude. That, that's not good. They are 2-8. and 2-8. They're right there with uh, the 2-9 and eight Pistons. And you know what's funny is... Both the Wizards and the Pistons, be being two and eight and two and nine respectively, have a much brighter future than the Chicago Bulls, who are four and seven, and they're on the verge of completely blowing it up. Um, I know Woj had tweeted today that they are go they've been in talks with Levine and they're mutually or they're both open to exploring options of trading him. Um but that's a team that is, I imagine by the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, going to look drastically different than mm-hmm. what it looks like now. I doubt DeRozan's there. I doubt Levine's there. I doubt Vucevic is there. Um, Caruso's Levine. probably not going to be there. Yeah, Levine's already been linked to the Lakers and the Sixers and another team. Um, and then... Um, yeah, Caruso, I mean, everybody's saying he's going back to the Lakers, but we'll see. I heard Milwaukee. Mm. Yeah, he, they need the defense. He's a guy I'd love to see the Cavs go for. I mean, if the Cavs aren't making any moves, he's exactly what they're looking for. Um, Vucevic is probably just going to go to a contender because that dude is, I mean, he does nothing but grub boards. And DeRozan's a guy that, you know, if there's a team out there, I'm kind of thinking about the Houston Rockets, like a younger team looking for some veteran leadership, somebody who can score. I mean, DeRozan can still go out there and get you 25, Mm -hmm. um, you know, efficiently, too. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I I would bet a lot of money that all four of those players, wait, no, yeah, all four 
Levine, Vucevic, DeRozan, and Caruso. None of those four will be on the on the team after the trade deadline. Mm. So, um, what are your thoughts on Wemby so far? Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I mean, you can't help it that the the rest of the Spurs team is like just um the opposite i guess yeah um <laughs> but he's playing pretty well um i mean he's i mean defensively he's everything i think a- as advertised yeah for sure um and we've seen what he can be offensively in that suns game where he dropped yeah. 38 and 14 right uh, yeah he Again, talk about a team I'd love to see DeRozan go to. Let him go back to the Spurs. Let him reunite with Pop. Um, I think he'd be exactly what they're looking for. Somebody to kind of come in there and create some offense for the team. Um, Yeah, I mean, in five minutes tonight against against Chet, he's got four points, six rebounds, and an assist. Yeah, I mean... He he is as advertised. Um, if if anybody were just to look at the standings, they're gonna see the Spurs are three and seven. They've lost five straight. Um, not because of Wemby. That dude in his first you know ten games has shown that he's already in the upper echelon of NBA talent. Uh, definitely definitely excited to watch him the rest of the way. He's only gonna get better, which is really really cool. Um, and you mentioned him too, Chet Holmgren, another guy that is in the rookie of the year conversation. That is a fun Oklahoma city thunder squad. They they've mm. been like pesky and fun for a couple years now, but not only are they fun, they're legitimately good. Yeah. Like before the season started, I put a bet on them to win the, the championship. Um, I think I got them at plus 7,000 odds. Um, it's probably a team that might make a move or two. At the trade deadline, just given how much capital they have, how many pieces they have to trade. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a chance that that team finishes as a top four seed in the West. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially we'll see how the rest of the West um, unfolds. Um, I mean, right now, the top four are Nuggets, Mavericks, Timberwolves, Rockets with Thunder and right behind the Rockets with also six wins. I mean, it's wide open, man. It's wide open. I don't think the Rockets' success will sustain for the season long. I don't. The Timberwolves might, but we'll see. Um, and then you got the Mavericks and the Nuggets. Yeah, the only team I'm confident in there that's going to stay in the top four is going to be the Nuggets. I mean, it would not. I don't think that the Rockets will finish with a top four seed. I don't think that the Timberwolves will. However, I think the Timberwolves make the playoffs. Wouldn't shock me either if Dallas skids and, you know, falls out of the top four. But it's weird. It kind of feels like maybe the NBA is a little bit more open than we anticipated it going to be, at the, you know, prior to the season kicking off. So, yeah. Um, One last NBA question I have for you. And I really just want you to answer this with a yes or no. Um, Do you understand what the hell is going on with the in-season tournament? You know, not fully i i kind of get i guess it's like um 
So the way that WNBA does it, one, makes a lot more sense. Like, basically, the first home games are contribute to the Commissioner's Cup, which then, I I don't know if there's an actual Commissioner's Cup, like, they, they like, pause play or whatever to to do it, to play the championship, but, like, you know what I mean? But, like, eventually, basically, the, the, the two people with the high standings of the Commissioner's Cup then play for the champ for that for that the way this thing i've read the rules and i'm like it feels like this is a lot more complicated than it needs to be yeah i maybe they did this and i missed it i really think that they could have benefited from like maybe some sort of detailed like explanation going out like maybe like in in, in a video form of how this is going to work um I don't quite understand it. I also don't really know. And I don't think anyone knows, like, how seriously are the teams taking this? Like, you know, like with these games that are qualifying for the in-season tournament, is that being brought up in a, in pregame speeches, you know, in the huddle? Like, hey, in-season tournament game here, let's, you know... Yeah, I, I, maybe we're not going to give as much rest to these guys as we normally would. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe guys are going to be playing some more minutes. But I, I saw somebody. I don't know who it was. It could have been. I think it was either like JJ Redick or maybe it was like RJ. I don't remember who said it, but somebody basically said that like, we'll we'll see how seriously teams are going to take the in season tournament after we see who wins it. Yeah, who wins the first one? Like. Is it going to be a team like Boston or Philly or Denver, like a team that's legitimately good that goes in and wins this thing? But like if a team like Houston, you know, or Orlando or Atlanta or New Orleans, like just kind of like a middle of the pack kind of team goes in there and wins it. Like that might be like that might get into players heads like, oh, OK, so like anybody can do this. It doesn't really mean anything. Whereas if you have one of those like, you know, top four, top five teams win, it's gonna be like, oh, OK, so if we can do this, we might establish ourselves as a threat across the league. I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird. I'm sure I'll figure it out eventually. But as of as we are right now, I got no goddamn clue what's going on. Yeah. And the courts don't look good. No, the courts look bad. Don't know what they were trying to do there. Courts don't look good. Now, the City Edition courts look nice. At least some of them. The Pacers one specifically, I thought, looked nice. I'll have to go back and look it up. I have not I have not seen it. But I'll, um, I'll go back and look that up. Yeah, the um, the City Edition courts I, the for the Pacers, I thought, looked nice. The city or the tournament one, I. Eh. Oh, I'm looking. Wait, hold on. This is the tournament one. The tournament the tur- one is the one with the big trophy in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, don't like that. The city's the the gray one with the P in the middle. Uh, yes. Like that one a lot more. Oh, the Cavs played on the blue one. That was when the Cavs played in Indy. Did not like that. Yeah. Oh, that was an eyesore. Um, yeah, no, I like this gray one. Yeah, yeah the, I, I don't know. The gray one know. with like the paint on the end, like that one looks nice. Did did the NBA say that they were going to be debuting these new courts? Because I, it seems like these courts caught everybody by surprise. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't remember them doing this for the NBA, saying anything about it. But so weird, man. So weird. All the teams are getting city edition courts as well. I just looked at the Cleveland's. Cleveland's looks, you know, it's basically the same as the NBA in season, but instead of like the weird, you know what I mean, trophy and all that, it it still just has the land in the middle. And yeah, then, I, I like that. The NBA city edition courts look nice because they're like kind of low key. Charlotte's is the only one that looks a little weird. It's got the buzz city in the middle and then inside the three-point range but out the area outside the paint but inside the three-point range is like teal Hmm. so it's a little much but yeah i'm i'm sure like i i think it was i'm trying to remember what other game i saw i think i saw it was either denver or dallas debuted there their in-season tournament core and they all are just are ridiculously like off-colored and i don't know they they just stick out and pop out in all the wrong ways but um yeah you know what really annoys me is that the colors don't change for out of bounds like it feels like it should <laughs> go back to normal a normal court or something where the out of bounds is because as a fan on watching on tv i can't tell where the out of bounds is chalk you are making too much sense man you gotta stop you gotta I know. You gotta move on because like as a player it looks like the lines are probably easy to tell but from a viewing standpoint i just it just can't i'll tell you who's is really ugly is the suns that purple oh my god this is Ew. the court. The court is like mostly purple with a light blue stripe. Why can't I find it? It's their city court or their in-season tournament court? Their in-season tournament court. Their 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 city edition court is like a normal court, except it says El oh. Val in the middle, which is I guess their oh, you know this what I mean. Sucks. This this purple with the what's with the blue stripe? Or like or they all seem to be striped like this. They they all have a solid stripe down the middle, like basket to basket. Why? Who signed off on this? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the NBA is trying too hard to be like NBA 2K and like those outdoor like custom courts that people can make. I don't know. This just all seems silly to me, but um, the Suns might be frauds anyway. That, so, you know, oh, yeah, who cares? But anywho, before we get into the shows, I want to get caught up on the NFL here because we have not had a chance to talk about the NFL for quite some time. Um, I think this happened after we last recorded, but unfortunately, Anthony Richardson has been out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that really sucks because he was really, really fun. Um the Colts were kind of like sneaky competitive with him. Um, you guys still, got Gardner Minshew still in the playoff race, still in the playoff race. Now, are you, are you now pulling for them? Like, cause what's the record? You guys four and five, five and five, five and five. Okay. What we're on by this week after beating the Patriots in Germany. God, that was a, a fucking terrible game, man. I'm so mad. I woke up. <laughs> So mad. I'm glad it, that the Colts won because I was pulling for the Colts. 
the fake spike throw into an interception was just the perfect way for that game to end. With Bale- bringing in the backup quarterback for the game-winning drive, just hysterical. I mean, I, we're getting to the point now, Chuck, where I, I have to actively root against the Colts because we're, Browns are now kind of positioning themselves to be in the driver's seat for a wild card spot, if not the AFC North. And the Colts are right there. So maybe I should have been rooting for the Patriots on Sunday morning. Maybe maybe if I would have been rooting for Bill Belichick and the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones would have played better. But what's been your biggest standout so far just across the NFL? I, I know mine. We we might have the same thing. But like, what's been the biggest surprise to you? Um, the, I mean, the Bills are just like broken. <laughs> the Bills are broken. <laughs> They're not just broken. They're like, they're bad. Like Josh Allen is, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's been playing bad football pretty much all season. Yep. That, I mean, that's mine too. I mean, I I watched that game last night and, you know, I'm watching, I was watching the Manning cast and the Broncos are trying to get off the field the offense is to, for the kicking team to come out because they, they don't have any timeouts left because Sean Payton is just an idiot. And they have to rush the game-winning field goal, and they miss it. And I see the flag come in, and I'm like, no way. 12 men out on the field, which did you see who the 12th man was? Is it DeMar Hamlin? Because I thought Hamlin. about that at the moment, and I was like, DeMar oh, Hamlin. No. Yeah, which is just not, you know, I, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, for jokes. It's really, really unfortunate because that was his first game action I think he's seen all season. Yeah, he went in on defense like that, either that drive or the last drive before that. And that was his he first. Like, he made a tackle, too, like in everything. And then the 12 men on the field and they the, the Broncos get a, a redo. And, of course, they make it. And you're just like, holy shit, how did how did the bills like let that happen? And now this morning wake up to the news that Ken Dorsey's fired. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of tweets about that. <laughs> tweets like, yeah, you can't be calling fumble plays and interception plays, man. Yeah. You just can't do it. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, like this, this happens, right? Like the OC is always usually not always, but is usually going to go or a coordinator is going to go before a head coach typically. And, I mean, I McDermott's on the hot seat. Like, he, yeah, if, he should if, be. He's, he's probably he's, got the hottest seat in the NFL right now. He can't. He's trying to be offense or head coach and defensive coordinator, and he should have just hired a decent defensive coordinator. That was the solution. But yeah, I, dude, I don't know. The, uh, Josh Allen, I did not realize just like how many interceptions that that man throws. Um. It's bad. I think he had three turnovers last night. I think he had two picks and a fumble. And like, I don't know. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm I'm in shambles today. I'm not. I'm not feeling confident about the second half of the season. I think they have a gauntlet of a schedule too. I think they have like some pretty oh, tough yeah. games coming up. Their next their next four games are like, um, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. Dolphins? I got Jets? it right here. No, it's, yeah, Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. 
Yeah, New York Jets, which they should win. Then at Philly. Which I'll be up. Gotta, well, not I won't be buying tickets to the game, but I'll be in Philly for that game. And then they got to buy. Then they got Kansas City, Dallas, Chargers. Then they get to play New England again. Then they finish the season with Miami. So one, two, three, four, five of their last seven games are what I would consider pretty tough matchups. The only ones I wouldn't consider would be the Jets and the and the Patriots. But I also didn't think that the Broncos were going to be a tough matchup for them either. Yep. So especially with them being at home. So you just don't know. Um, although I, I, you know, will a, a, a different OC. I, I don't even know who's. Oh, Joe Brady's taking over the OC. Yep. Um, uh, duty. So can Joe Brady come in there and turn some things around? We'll see. But they have been the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL. Um, kind of on the flip side. One of the more, well, I got two, I would say, pretty positive, pretty uh, exciting uh, surprises. Number one being just, it's, it's not a team. It's a it's a singular player, and it's Josh Dobbs. Mm. And the oh, magic yeah. of Josh Dobbs. I mean, listen, with that Arizona roster, like getting a couple wins for them there was pretty impressive. Um, or maybe he only just got one win there. I'm trying to. Did the Cardinals win this past week? Uh, they beat. Yeah, they beat the Falcons. That's crazy. Um, Kyler Murray back. Yeah, I know. But getting a, a singular win with that Arizona squad was pretty impressive. But now coming in with the Vikings and getting two wins, you know, like. I don't know. I just, it's, it's really, really exciting. Um, the Vikings are going to get Justin Jefferson back. Yep. Like there was a moment there as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner. I was really concerned if he was even going to play again this season after uh, cousins went down. I was like, well, shit, like is, you know, the Vikings just going to tank now, you know, cause cousins is probably not going to be their QB next year. Like, I, I don't know. Are they going to tank and, try and get a new QB and maybe that was their intention, but Dobbs comes in and is now two and oh, and you're what are they six and four? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at the, the, at the, they're the right behind the lions game. in the standings. No, they're not. They are. Oh, oh, in the NFC North standings. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're right there in, in contention. Like they're, they're in the playoffs if the season ends today. Um, so I don't know, man. They're really, really fun to watch. I hope Jay Jettas comes back. I, you know, for my fantasy team's sake, I need him to come back. I need him to play well. But Josh Dobbs is one of the best feel-good stories in the league right now. I mean, he was traded by the Browns right before the season started. Like, I think after that last preseason game, before the first game of the season, traded to the Cardinals. Um, And now... Played well in the Cardinals, even though they were losing a bunch of games. And now he's on the Vikings and he has a chance to take a team to the playoffs. And which this kind of has me thinking. I know we're really, really early on. Like the Josh Dobbs in Minnesota story, like we're, we're it's only been two games, but Minnesota seems to have a pretty good luck with like these interim QBs. Like I think about Case Keenum that one year. 
Mm-hmm. Like was clearly not their long term play at QB because I think the next year they had cousins, but took them to an NFC championship game, right? Didn't they lose to the Eagles? They got yeah, they got like handled by the Eagles. Yeah. So interesting, dude. I don't know. I'm gonna be following it. And the other I I you probably don't feel the same way because they're in your division, but I just can't get enough of CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. They're good. They're they're good. they're very good. Like CJ Stroud is maybe entered the MVP conversation. He's plus he went from plus twenty thousand to start the season to plus two thousand now. Like, dude, as somebody who watched him, you know, every single college game that he played, um, I thought that he would be good at some point. I thought he might need a little time. Um, but homie's not wasting any time. I mean, he's legitimately having like statistically maybe the best QB or season out of any QB so far. I think he's only thrown one pick. Mm-hmm. I think he's leading QBs in touchdown passes. Like it's crazy. Um, and the Texans are poised to have like, I th- well, don't they have three first round picks next year? The Texans? No, they only have one. They have the Browns, too. They, they traded theirs for, to Arizona. Oh. Because they got to get Will Anderson, yeah. That's right. And I don't know, man. Like, they're probably going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win that division. I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say probably. I mean, I, Jaguars have something to say about it. But the Jaguars have kind of been wildly unimpressive. So far, but the, they are, you know, still six and three. So, you know, you mm-hmm. are what your what your record shows. But the Texans, man, they've been fun. Um, Anything else with NFL? That's that's all I got. Um, Little minor um, MLB news that dropped today. Um, Shohei Otani declined the Angels qualifying offer. I saw that he was one of like a bunch of players who did. Yeah. And I saw people, you know, like, is he going to sign with the angels? Absolutely not. Like, like 0% chance, but um, he was always going to turn down the qualifying offer. A lot of players do, even when they have intentions of re-signing with their, you know, prior ball club. So it says all uh, qualifying offers declined by all players, including Blake Snell. Well, there you go. There you go. So, we are on a Otani watch. I saw the mm-hmm. Cubs have kind of moved into the second best odds to sign him. The report came out the other day that he's supposedly less concerned with um, the market and the city and just more concerned with playing for a good club, mm-hmm. which would make you think like, OK, Chicago's on the table. A lot of people assumed he was going to stay West Coast um, just for um, his fans over in japan but seems he's less concerned with that so we'll have to see mm-hmm. if you could drop him on any team which he b- besides your own you know like for him to you know like the, the the best situation you could think for shohei otani where are you dropping him if he's like i want to win a championship and i want to you know what i mean have be in the lineup that does that I'll tell you what, man. 
the Braves would be unstoppable with him. <laughs> the Braves would be absolutely unstoppable with him. Yeah, I mean, you put him into that lineup because remember, he's not pitching next year. He's only hitting. Is that um, what? He... Yeah, it, it's because of his surgery. Okay. Yeah, he's not going to be cleared to throw all next year, but he'll be cleared to DH. Um. So yeah. Which, which the NL is allowed to do now. So yeah, putting him on the Braves, putting him on the Dodgers. I would still love to see him on the Orioles. Oh yeah, uh, that's my dream scenario but <laughs> there's no way the Orioles are shelling out that money no well you, you, you never know sometimes a little bit of success you know a team experiences like you know success for the first time in a long time can kind of shock a front office on this spending money it, it, it's what Cleveland did you know they went to the World mm-hmm. Series in 16 and then they proceeded to have the largest payroll they had ever had you know in 17 when they brought in Encarnacion um, and a couple others so you just never know. They could they could do it, but I imagine we'll know where Otani's going to be playing here, probably by mid December, probably within the next month. I would think a lot of these dominoes are going to start to fall. So it'll be yeah, I think he goes. I saw a thing that was like um, he he might sign by the end of November. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll be lucky and the news breaks while we're while we are uh, recording one night. We can get a live reaction. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the shows because I've been dying to talk about um, both of these, but one of these in particular. And Chuck, I'll let you decide which we talk about first. Um, let's do Gen V first. Okay. All right, so Gen V finale aired a couple weeks ago. Um, we were told prior to this season debuting that the events of Gen V, of season one of Gen V, were going to lead directly into the boys' season four, which now we know, you know, all the specifics of that and exactly how it's going to blend into it. Um, but we have not talked about an, an episode since episode five. So we have six, seven, and eight which kind of were seemed like a, like a bit of a three-part finale. Um, where are you now where, you know, now that this show is over and now that we're waiting for season four of the boys. Um, absolutely loved it. It was the perfect blend of like unpredictable and like, but makes sense. Um, Liz Broadway is my girl. Uh, Emma, my girl. Um, ride or die till the end. What Sam did to her in that finale, unforgivable. What are we doing? <sighs> Fumbling the bag. Um, Kate, yo, go die, you armless <laughs> bitch. Uh, <laughs> although shout out to Maddie Phillips, the actress that plays her, killing it. Um, they all are, man. That entire yeah. cast did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I'm. Uh, and but, dude, the fact that Butcher knows about the virus, dude, this is game. This is game over. This is not good. Yeah, man. Listen, like, I, I was really. Okay, so first of all, the finale completely blew me away. Yeah. Like, 
the plot twist at the end with um Emma and um I all their names are escaping me. I, I gotta pull up a cast list here. But Emma, Jordan. Jordan, um Marie, Marie and uh, uh Andre. Andre. All basically getting framed for what <laughs> Dude, when Homelander lands, and I'm like, well, I know this isn't going to end well for her, but he just yeah. goes, what kind of animal are you? I literally, oh. like, I, my stomach dropped. I was like. No, me too. That was like. I, oh, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I legitimately, like, felt sick for her because, I don't know, like, I in hindsight, like, maybe I should have expected that. Like, I should have expected this show to not have a happy ending, you know? Like, because it having the ending that it did just tease up season four of the boys perfectly. Um, so when Homelander comes down and he says, what kind of animal are you? Like, do you enjoy killing your own kind? Which pause hypocrite hypocrite alert. I mean, no one's killed more soups in the show than Homelander. Yep. So, you know. But, you know, he can say whatever the hell he wants, obviously. And then to him lasering Marie and then to get that last scene of all of them in that doorless chamber and the TV going where it says the Guardians of Godalkin and it's Kate and it's Sam. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, you've got to be shitting me. Like, of course, this was always going to happen. Like, this was always going to be the outcome. Um but that being said, that show did I, – I, I don't want to say this like – I'm not saying this lightly, but – I and I can't really think of how many shows or series fit this mold that I'm about to detail. But this was the best spinoff that leads into – or that directly plays off of the show that it's spinning off. That yeah. I've ever seen. And I know that's an incredibly, like, those are incredibly narrow parameters. But, like, this was perfect. Like, yeah. this this was a risk. Like, spinning off of the boys um, and essentially kind of doing something that the boys makes fun of. You know, with this these, these universes that, you know, the MCU, the DCEU, and kind of doing that thing that you've been making fun of um, and doing something different. But also, it moving completely parallel to your original show like that takes guts and they did it and they knocked it out of the park and i really did feel bad that you know this cast primarily of these younger people where this is maybe their first big break or maybe only their second or third real acting job you know whatever the case is they really couldn't be a part of it during its it you know running because of the actor strike and thankfully the actor strike is now over um and i know a lot of the cast like um was broadway has kind of posted on her instagram some behind the scenes footage that she's been sitting on and all that stuff which is really great but you do kind of wish that these people these kids these these young adults could have done the the talk show route you know going on those late nights promoting the show kind of getting that full experience that unfortunately doesn't look like they're going to get but um man hats off to gen v um sounds like we're getting a season two i'm pretty sure amazon confirmed that that season four of the boys will 
play into season two of Gen V, which is really cool. But I'm just sitting here. I'm like, let's go. Summer 2024 is probably going to be when season four of the boys drops. Mm-hmm. what it sounds like um and i'm i'm ready man i i am itching to get back to it yeah it's gonna we're you know we're starting now that the strikes are over we're getting everything's coming back up you know what i mean um <laughs> david harbour literally got a call 10 minutes after the strike ended say like hey yo we're filming stranger things on monday be there <laughs> I mean, the gif of like, you know, when they're waking up the guy from prison and he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I there were there were a bunch of stories like that of like, I mean, not even 24 hours after the strike was over. You had um, Tom Hiddleston on late night on Jimmy Fallon show with Brie Larson promoting their, you know, respective projects, you know, with Tom doing Loki and and Brie Mm -hmm. doing um, the Marvels. So. You know, it was a long few months there for them, I'm sure, but super pumped to kind of kind of get back to it. There's a lot of movies out right now that um, I think are going to benefit from these actors being able to talk about them. One that comes to mind is uh, to the Iron Claw. Yeah, that movie looks really good. I mean, these are just these are these are projects. These are movies that really do rely on the marketing. I think like these very specific, these very like niche kind of uh, films that are going to rely on marketing. And unfortunately they weren't able, I think you saw it with killers of the flower moon to not really do well in the box office, despite it being a um, Scorsese film and having Leo and the cast that it did, but hopefully, you know, Hopefully that 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 trend does stop. Um, anything else with Gen V? Um, no, I think that's it. Let's, I guess, move on to Loki season two. Yeah. Um, we really only covered the first couple episodes of Loki, mm-hmm. so we did really miss a lot. And I don't want to spend you know, time to like go through every single episode. And so let's just talk about Loki season two in its entirety. Um, Would you say it's better than season one? I think I would. I think I would. It's just, uh, it it all climbs to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does get better after every single episode, every episode builds, builds off the prior. And I think a lot of that has to do just with the plot that, you know, like the, the main story of the show being Loki trying to fix everything and discovering more about himself along the way. And, you know, he knows something in episode six that he didn't know in episode five. And um, it, it all comes to this climax in the last episode with, with, uh, well, I guess the last episode is episode six, but, I remember I remember going into the show kind of being cautiously hopeful because I enjoyed Loki season one so much, but because just the MCU as a whole had not really been hadn't been hitting lately, as the kids say, Mm -hmm. and Loki season two, thankfully, did not, you know, did did not fall into that uh, 
in 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 into that category of 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 those mid MCU projects. But my God, dude, this this finale, I mean, that had me so hyped. I mean, yeah. everything like Loki as a character is probably has the second best arc, I would say, in the entirety of the MCU. With number one for me being Iron Man, Tony Stark. Mm. You know, talk about where he was in Iron Man one being this 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 immature, this selfish, you know, billionaire who always put himself first. And then where you you know, where we leave him in endgame, where he kind of makes the ultimate sacrifice, and you could argue that the same exact thing happens with Loki. You know, yeah. like he he we get introduced to Loki and Thor. He's the big bad in Avengers. Um, he is, you know, on this quest to for glorious purpose, which in his eyes at that time is conquering um, Earth. And because you have to remember the Loki that we get in the Loki series is not the Loki from Ragnarok. It's not no. the Loki from Infinity War. It's the Loki from Avengers that goes off in this altered timeline and eventually gets captured by the TVA. And he kind of has to, um, you know, he, he he grows and he learns a lot from his relationship basically with Mobius. You can credit a lot of that growth to him. But my God, man, like that that scene of him when he finally realizes what he has to do, when he gets control of the time slipping and he has that conversation with uh, he who remains again at the at the end of time. And mm-hmm. my God, I could have watched those two kind of go at it forever. Um, and then he realizes that he has to be the one that kind of walks out on that bridge and to kind of repair the sacred timeline. And then he does. And, you know, we're we're left with him basically alone at the end of time kind of being the new he who remains, which I know that, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, this is now Loki, the God of stories from the comic books. You know, this is, um, I, there was another version of Loki that people claimed that he was supposed to be portraying. I can't remember which one. Um, but I mean, he came full circle, man. Like, and it was awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, and we'll see how this affects. I mean, we know they're now pivoting away from Kang because yeah. of the Jonathan Major situation. But also, they still have a movie coming out called Avengers Kang Dynasty. So, like. They just fired the writer for it. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. So, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that, that, that confirms that they're going to do this pivot. Um. I guess, what would you rather them do? Would you rather them pivot from Kang or just recast him? Recast. Yeah. Recast to me. I think, I think so, too. I think so, too. I Listen, as an actor, I've been a fan of Jonathan Majors. Um, I, I don't know what kind of person he is. There's a lot up in the air right now, but there's a lot of damning stuff out there. Um, I think Marvel would be wise to move on from him. Um but you you this is a character you can recast. Like yeah. I saw some people being like, oh, Marvel's not going to recast him because if, if they would have re- if they were going to recast King, then they would have recasted um, Black Panther. And it's like, no, 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 no. Those are two completely different things. I mean, you're talking about a cultural icon, a beloved 
person and character in the MCU and Chadwick Boseman. I was a fan of what Jonathan Majors had done so far with Kang, but he is by no means irreplaceable. Like, yeah, you you could do this. They, they, there are people out there that would, I, I imagine, like take this job. Um, so I think that's what they should do. But you know, they're gonna do what they feel is best, and it kind of feels like what they think is best is just moving on from Kang in its entirety. Um. And part of me thinks that's the case because I think if you were to get a like if you were to pull the entirety of the MCU fandom, I don't think anybody's really afraid of Kang right now. You know, like he's supposed to be this big bad. The first time that I actually was like, oh shit, like Kang is, you know, like like you know, like maybe a little bit intimidated by him was in that Loki finale, season two, when he was talking with Loki and he stops the time and he's like oh, you're telling me you didn't learn this yet? And they kind of have that back and forth. That was the first time. And and I know he hasn't been in a lot, but you're talking Loki season one, and then you're talking Ant-Man, where I was like, oh, crap. Like, you know, that that was intimidating. That was scary. Like, you know, maybe I don't know everything that I think I know about this character. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see. I don't know what the hell they plan on doing. What I do know is that the Fantastic Forecast is supposed to get announced this week. Supposed to be. So I think one of the the the, the rumored pivots that you know that people kind of thought that Marvel would do is maybe to move on from Kang and just have Doctor Doom be the yep. big bad for this phase, which would make sense because you're you have secret wars and I know he's a very very big part of the of of that of that comic series so I don't know but they got some stuff to figure out um I want to stick with Marvel here for a second because you have seen the Marvels I have I plan on seeing it this weekend um give me your unspoiler or your, yeah, unspoilerly review, if you can. Um, I think if you don't like this movie, you're just a straight hater, bruh. Okay. Just a straight right. hater, bruh. <laughs> I, I heard that the movie's fun. I heard that it was, like, people being, like, like, because I, I knew this movie was going to get hate. I, it, it, because it was inevitable, a, yes. It was inevitable. There's, there's bigots out there. But I heard the movie was fun, and I heard, like, you know, like there were people that are like, I don't get the hate for this. And it feels very similar to the first Captain Marvel. Cause I thought the first Captain Marvel movie was fun. So um, I'm going to yeah. go see it this weekend. Hopefully we get to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a couple in retrospect, there's like two plot things that kind of make me go like, Oh, I could see how that that's a little bit of a like loose end or just not, but Overall, I just had a really fun time. Kamala Khan, funny as hell. I Ron, heard Amon Valani kind of steals the show. Yeah. Her and her family, like, every time they're on screen, <laughs> it's just like, yes. Here. Here for it. Um, And can you confirm that there is a post-credit scene or two? There's a mid-credit scene, no post-credit scene. Okay, so there's just really one scene that I would have yes. to sit around for. Okay, and it's. And it's typical MCU fashion. You know how they do the stylized credits where, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. 
and then they show the scene and then like the normal black screen white text credits start yeah. that's it that style so okay once, i will once, once you I'm see probably, that you can safely exit the theater you're not missing anything i'm gonna try and go see it this weekend um i was supposed to go see it sunday but unfortunately something popped up and i wasn't able to so i will be getting to it hopefully saturday um i'm excited i i am excited but we, there were shortly after the actor strike ended and the resolution was agreed upon um, Marvel immediately proceeded to um, not cancel, but push back all of their 2024 movies besides one. Deadpool. Deadpool is the only Marvel movie we're going to get next year, which hope that might be a good thing. That really yeah, might be. A good I think thing. it's going to be a good thing. I think yeah. it's going to be good for Marvel to just like take a breather. Because I think, you know, what's crazy. It was kind of crazy when you think about it, that they were like, all right. So the pandemic happens, and they're like, okay, at some point we're going to relaunch these movies. So we get the first one is Black Widow in 2021, and they're like, originally, like, by 2026, I think, originally, it was like, we're going to finish the multiverse saga. And it's like, so you want to do in five years what you did in 11 years with the original and the the original schedule. Why don't we breathe? You know, yeah, that's a good point. I can't believe I never thought of that. I mean, it took us how many years to get from Iron Man one to end game 2008 to 2019. So 11 years. Yeah. So and they basically wanted to get out the same amount of content in five years or in no, in six years, seven years. Um, And I never thought about it like that. And I think there's a lot of. I mean, I plus TV shows, which they weren't yeah. doing before. Well, you know that they did. And then they were like, well, they're not really part of it. Blah, blah, blah. We'll see how that all unfolds. But yeah. Yeah. I just think that, you know, when when Marvel kind of transitioned to like, you know, like when these TV shows started coming out and it was like, OK, now I got to watch this show to, know, you know, before I go see this movie, which, by um, the way. um kind of a spoiler but not really they were like oh you have to watch secret of asia to understand what's going on in the marvels no you don't okay no you don't (laughs) no you don't you really don't wandavision to the extent that you like need to understand what's happening with tiana you know what i mean yeah how that unfolded like yeah i can see that but like the actual plot like no yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I think, think this Marvel, times... you absolutely would have to watch before the Marvels. And we enjoyed that show. So I would argue, like, anybody who was like, oh, I gotta watch Miss Marvel. Like, it was, I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, it was just obviously oriented for kids. And as a 29-year-old, it might not have hit on the same level. But, yeah. you know, it but was good. Like, but, so, like, could you imagine how boring the MCU would be if it just pushed out a dozen shows that had the same tone of Falcon and the winter soldier. Like that'd be boring as shit or Loki. Yeah. As much as I love Loki, you're right. I wouldn't want to see a bunch of shows in that tone. Like I am not trying to argue that the volume that the MCU has put out is a positive, but one thing that I do appreciate is that they tried new stuff. 
Yeah. And it's like Miss Marvel, like, yeah, like that's a, it's a different show. It's got a different tone to it. She-Hulk was different. Like they they did try some things and hopefully they learned from them. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, like, you know, Marvel's washed, you know, they're they're never going to be the same again. And that's probably or, the, you know, they're, they're never going to be able to capture the hype and the excitement that they had for Infinity War and Endgame. It's like, well, no shit, dude. That was a once in a lifetime experience for, you know, MCU fans. You're you're not going to get that again. Like, yeah. you you kind of got a small taste of that again, I think, with Spider-Man No Way Home. Like that level of anticipation leading up to a trailer release and leading up to the second trailer, leading up to the movie. Like you kind of got that, but there's not going to be another like these two Avengers movies that are coming up, whether they stick with Kang Dynasty or whatever they're going to call it next. And then Secret Wars. Folks, it's not going to be like Infinity War and Endgame. It's just not like I don't think Marvel's trying to make them like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I think setting that as your expectations is a very big mistake. You know, we're a lot of, we're a few years away from either of those movies. I think Kang Dynasty is supposed to come out in 25. Um, There's probably like a dozen more TV shows and movies that are going to come out before then. Don't expect to relive that 2018 and 2019 Avengers, um, you know, movie going experiences because it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about Marvel, but now I can't remember. Um, next projects we're getting are what if season two and echo echo was, I want to ask you, did you see that trailer? I did. That was a great trailer. That was one of the best trailers that they've put out for any of these shows. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now interested cause it, it looks like they're going to do like TVMA for it, I guess. It is and I think it's coming out yep. on Hulu. Really? Like, well, yeah, because well, of the merger, right? That's coming out on both now, yeah. That I am excited for Echo. That is again like that. Uh, talk about tr- doing something different. Like it seems like it's going to have a similar vibe to that Netflix Daredevil series. Yeah, um, he's he, in it. TVM, he is in it. Um, which there's a lot of the Daredevil news that came out. I'm sure you saw all that. Yeah, they scrapped that show. Basically, what they had, they're going to rewrite it to make it feel more like the Netflix show, which I think is ultimately going to be a positive. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. We did. Cause we kind of talked about how, um, it was like going to be a law drama essentially. And he was like, allegedly only going to suit up like two or three times, which is just don't know how that ever got greenlit. Don't know how that ever got approved, but, um, that's not coming out next year. Is it? Um, what echo no, daredevil. daredevil doesn't have a release date i mean okay. it's not even like written yet i think at this point so okay. i would expect it till like 2025 okay so yeah i mean i obviously you know if, if i get a chance to go see the marvels this weekend we'll, we'll we'll talk about it on our next episode um one other piece of like tv show news non-marvel related that i wanted to ask you before we wrap things up um did you see that we're supposed to be getting uh, the House of the Dragon season two trailer soon? I did see that. That's supposed to be a summer 2024 release, um, which we're going to be eating good in the summer, man. That's teeing up to be the boys and House of the Dragon again, which I think that's exactly. No, House of the Dragon was last fall and the boys was. Was the boys last summer? 
The Boys was last summer, yeah. Summer 22? Yep. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's shaping up to kind of have those shows um, being close to each other again. So I'm excited. I really am. There's a lot of movies that I want to go see here before the uh, the year ends. Um, the Iron Claw being one of them. Obviously, the Marvels. I want to see um, Napoleon. Um, I know that, that they had their premiere tonight, so I've heard good things so far. But... Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to go see Aquaman, right? Aquaman no. 2? No, <laughs> That's obviously on your list. That comes out this year? That comes out in like this, in like a couple, no, like a month. Oh, yikes, dude. Um, I, I had no clue. As <laughs> dialed in as I, I am with like movies, TV, I had no goddamn clue Aquaman was coming out this year. Aquaman 2 comes out, I believe, The Lost Kingdom, December 22nd, Christmas. Whew, man, I mean, that's a movie they need the actors to promote. I, was I don't think say, anybody even knows. I was going to say maybe it was because of the strike, but yikes, dude. I, I never I have not seen a single standalone DC film. The only DCEU film that I saw. Was the the Snyder Cut. I mean, I the new Suicide Squad isn't – well, I guess it would be because it's got Peacemaker. Yeah. Okay, so then I watched Peacemaker, which was incredibly fun. Yeah, Peacemaker's awesome. Peacemaker was great. But, yikes, man. It's, it's weird to think that Peacemaker and Aquaman are in the same universe. Like, that to me – like, that just – I couldn't feel any more different about two different projects than I do about those two things. He shows like, up at the finale. I know, I know. And, Shut and up, he's, his cameo is great. Like him and Barry are great at, at the very end there. But like, I mean, I adored Peacemaker and like, I hope they make a season two, it, but I couldn't give any less of a shit about anything else. DCEU. I didn't watch the flash. I didn't watch black Adam. I'm not going to watch Aquaman. Never even seen the first one. Like who's watching these movies. Other people out there, bro. And I'm not even just saying that because it's like, oh, look, I'm a Marvel fan, so I'm going to boycott DC. Like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's just DC has put out some some shit movies and projects, which you could argue the Marvel has too. But at least the Marvel was good enough at a point that it kind of sucked me in mm -hmm. and kind of captured me as a fan. That DC hasn't. I don't know, man. Um, did you ever see Blue Beetle? Uh, yeah, I did. I liked okay. it. Okay. I heard that was good, so that'll probably be a movie I have to check out at some point because that's that is DC, right? Yeah. Okay, so I know James Gunn's kind of trying to figure out what he's going to keep, what he's not going to keep for the DCU. It seems like maybe only some characters are going to kind of like make the DCEU canon, and some characters are going to kind of be standalone. I don't know what the hell is going on there, but um, it'll be interesting. Do you think there's any chance in hell? That James Gunn pulls in Robert Pattinson's Batman. I think he's keeping that separate. Okay. Because I know yeah. like a different studio has that, right? No, that's uh, Warner Brothers. Is it Warner? Okay. It's on HBO Max. I was going to say, an, an, another show that I'm kind of excited for is the Penguin spinoff. Yes. We get Colin uh, Farrell's Penguin spinoff pretty soon, I think. I think early next year. Um which I'm excited for that. 
All right. You know what else you're supposed to get next year? What? Andor season two. Really? Yep. 2020, 2024. August 2024. Oh, my God. I feel like <laughs> season one just ended. It came out in 2022, bro. No, like a year, a year ago, a year ago, we were, we were still two episodes away for the finale. We had just watched one way out. We had just watched them escape the prison. Oh, you know what? I did see a tweet, although it has been one year since the one way out episode. Oh my God. That's crazy. Still like, well, I guess a two year turnaround isn't that crazy. I guess COVID's kind of skewed my whole like timeline perception this is pretty normal i guess but hell hell, dude awesome i'm excited now probably a trailer would be dropping soon then i would imagine if it's coming out next year um i mean we'll see yeah i mean i mean uh, we don't know how the strike may have disrupted things too so we'll see how that impacts things but yeah okay cool well hey that uh, that is all good news. Um, is anything else you kind of wanted to go over before we kind of sign off here? Um, no, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, getting cold, so I'm just like you know, it's getting to cozy season. Stay inside, you yeah. know, watch a little TV, put on some movies. It certainly is, you know, it, it is definitely the season for that. It's in Ohio over here. Well, it was weirdly warm this past weekend, which might be why I didn't get around to watching Invincible because I had every intention of just kind of like staying in and 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 watching shows. But um, next episode we have, we will we will dive into Invincible um, and kind of get caught up there. But if you've listened up to this point, um, you know, first and foremost, thank you. Um, if you can, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, if you could go ahead and leave us a review, we would appreciate it. You can follow the pod on Twitter. We are on Twitter at Mind Popcorn. In our Twitter bio, in the podcast Twitter bio, you can find both Chuck's personal handle and my own if you want to follow either of us individually. You can follow the podcast on TikTok. We are on TikTok um, at Mind Your Popcorn. We are just a couple thousand TikTok followers away <laughs> from 10 mil, which is really, really exciting. So if you could go in there, give us a follow, kind of help us, you know, reach that milestone. We would really, really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back hopefully next week. I know that's always our plan to bring you another episode where we'll hopefully get to talk more about Invincible and uh, the Marvels. Anything All else right. to say, Chuck? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, appreciate everybody, and we will talk to everybody next week.